Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of May 4th. I'm your host, D. Suave Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Notes Master Kevin Kovac, Big Shot Bob Robert Holman, and Kyle Darren McFadden. And Robert, I know you might be a little sleepy and a little tired, but we're going to go with you first. The big winners were J.D. and Ricky Weiss at Bristol. Jonathan Davenport winning over 100K in six days, dating back to the week before. And Ricky Weiss getting a much-needed National Series win. He potentially had the chance to win both races. He gets the job done Saturday night. Big weekend for those two guys at Bristol, the mighty half mile. It was definitely a big weekend. You know, looking back to the entire week with with Davenport, uh, man, what what a week that uh, that he's strung together, and of course Ricky Weiss finally breaking through there at Bristol. You know, it, you know we know he was fast. He shows speed. He just could never put um, he could never put like the, the whole program together from start to finish. He would go out and set fast times, set track records, or whatever, and then he finally was able to uh, carry that speed from start to finish. You know, which which is not always that easy but he uh he managed to do that and uh and it was a well-deserved win for ricky weiss i don't think there's anybody that uh, is like upset really that ricky weiss won that race because you go back to all these races that we've had at bristol and he's been right there knocking on the door and he finally was able to to stumble through it there and, and break it down and so it's it really good win for ricky you know he's Year two of building his chassis, how important was that just for him and his race program there, Robert, concerning he's trying to venture off and do his own thing? Anytime that, uh, you know, you, you're doing your own thing, and obviously, you know, that uh, the, the comment that Scott made back uh, at Bristol earlier this year is, is kind of, uh, I think that kind of fired, fired Ricky up a little bit, you know, but uh, comment about, Scott, you know, mentioned that uh, so far that Ricky hasn't hasn't even built any any chassis yet, and we know that that's that's not true. They got some guys working and 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 building those cars, and and I think it was a matter of Ricky started building these things because he was having he was having trouble getting the cars that he wanted when he wanted them. So he's like, I think I'll just start start building my own. And uh, whether or not it's a copy of Scott's car or a combination of of uh you know a copy of another car first of all people look at uh these chassis things and i'm going to kind of go off on a, a different direction here for just a minute people look at these chassis things and they say oh well he's building a car but it's just a copy of so-and-so's car or it's just a copy of this car in a world where half the people well hell in a world where 95 percent of the people who race don't even build their own front bumpers to construct your own car is a is a big deal, okay? We're, we we live in a world where somebody bends a T bar or a side door bar and they call you know their manufacturer and order a new one. They don't even make their own anymore. I don't think anybody should knock anybody for building a, a their own car, regardless of what it's a copy of, because every car out there is a copy of of a Rayburn or a or an old a Howe car from back in the day. They've all evolved and 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 that's what these cars are is 
you take a car that you had and you build a copy of it and then you tweak and make things like that you want to. And I think Ricky was just in a state of, of mind where I can't really get what I want when I want it. So I'm going to go build these cars, whether or not he's selling them or not is, is beside the point. So to win in a car that you've built yourself, that's, that's a, that's a pretty special deal. I mean, again, we live in a world where people don't even build their own front bumpers. They don't even build their own T-bars. You know, you bend a rear bumper. Oh, let's call a let's call Rocket and get him to send me a new back bumper. Whatever. You know, this kid's gone out and built his own his own car here, and uh, and so it's a pretty special deal to win. You know, in that car to win a big race in that car. He you know he'd already won a race. He won at Boyd's, but then uh, to go and to win a race like this and outrun the guys that he ran in a car that uh, that you've kind of uh, had your hands on from the get-go that's yeah it's pretty special deal yeah no doubt big time win for ricky weiss and that sniper chassis the canadian uh has been you know ups and downs here the last year and a half trying to get that car dial and i'm sure he's very tickled to death for getting that big time victory and kovac you were there we'll get to the fireworks in a second but jd man oh man he's on this weak hot streak should the racing world and dirt late model world be kind of worried about jd starting to heat up and maybe really it was those glasses he can now see now because these last week week and a half he's starting to heat up very very quickly yeah he had a really heck of a week there uh three wins uh all over twenty thousand dollars obviously and uh two second place finishes i mean that's a in, in five in five starts uh i mean that that was uh was 97 over ninety seven thousand dollars just in wins then you get those second place finishes. That was another twenty four thousand dollars from those two seconds. So over a hundred grand in a week. Uh, uh, I think that he's back on track. And you see, like from our, our top twenty five poll this week, uh, somebody uh, named JD has uh, ascended to the top there. And I know those glasses are. I saw his, uh, his wife Rachel was there with them uh, this weekend at Bristol, and uh, she mentioned that yeah, he he finally got those glasses. He kept saying he was going to go get them. And he never would make the appointment or whatever. She said, you should do it. And finally he did it. And look at him. I mean, I, I, man, he's he's got that supersonics uh, sight now, I guess. But uh, but really, I mean, it, it's not like he started bad this year. I mean, he just, uh, like he mentioned at, at Bristol, he uh, he, he wasn't, wasn't way off the pace or anything. They just didn't race as much as other guys because they didn't go to Florida. But that's probably, that, that could be helping him right now. They have a lot less. They have less races than a lot of the other teams that ran all of Speed Weeks, um, and so like 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 JD said, they're a little fresher already right now. I mean, they're they go into Bristol, their their motors were a little, they're maybe a little fresher than other guys. I mean, they're they're, they're I mean, their physical beings there were weren't as tired out from being at a Volusia. I mean, at Volusia and East Bay and Alltech and all those tracks down there. So he maybe had advantage there, and now it's coming. To, and, you know the fruits of that are coming because he's winning uh he's breaking out and he, his whole thing this year is really more qua- quality than quantity in, in wins uh you look I, I made up i i checked out like his stat from last year i mean through the end of april he had 11 wins last year and those 11 wins were worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars. this year end of april he has three wins just in this last week but those three wins are over ninety seven thousand dollars. So. I mean, he can go this week and match what he had last year already. 
with a fifty thousand dollar win in Wisconsin, a Mississippi Thunder, the World of Outlaw race that uh, that he's planning to uh, to run with two ten thousand to win races and a fifty on Saturday. So uh, he's he's going for the big money, and, and and this past week showed that it could it could work out for him as long as he keeps up this kind of pace. And I want to touch on Ricky Weiss too a little bit, but that was a that was a big win for him. And uh, five out of the six races this year with XR and the Outlaws, he was fast time. That shows he can get around that place. I think he won a heat. I'm pretty sure I, I have to go back and look here, but he won a heat every race. Uh, that's great qualifying. I mean, that puts you in position to win races if you keep doing that. And he led several of those races, had problems, uh, you know, just made wrong moves. And I, and in talking to him after the race, one of the things he did mention, he goes, he needed to have a little more aggressiveness. Uh, he probably could have won that race on Friday if he'd have been a little more aggressive. You look three three laps to go. He's leading that race. Uh, he goes into turn one behind lap cars. He went, he followed the lap cars in on the bottom, left the top wide open for JD to take the lead and Kyle Larson to take uh, you know to go by him too. I mean, both of those guys flew right by uh, Ricky because he went to the bottom. He he knows he's after that race. He goes, I should not have been. Uh, I should not have thought like I could get those lap cars in three and four instead of one and two. I should have just went to the outside and got them. And then on Saturday, you saw that, that little bit of extra aggressiveness. Uh, you know, he loses the lead. Uh, Chris Madden, a few laps later, in traffic, he made a move. He went harder. He, and Madden said he kind of got a little messed up in traffic, but Ricky did not give up and was right there to get him. Later in the race, he did not make any missteps in traffic. He did not slow down, and he won the race. So uh, I think he learned a lesson. He learned he needed – you can't – again, you can't, you can't, like, hesitate when you have these kind of talented drivers behind you. And, and uh, he learned that, and I mean, I think that will benefit from the rest of the year. He got that in his mind now. Let's just not uh, let off. Let's go for it uh, whenever we can, because that's the way you win races. Yeah, big time, big time win for Ricky and Kyle. Outside looking in, you're probably doing race wire, looking at stories, watching the races. What caught your eyes at Bristol? As we seem like we've been racing there since after speed weeks. It seems like we're there every weekend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, um, you know, it was good for Ricky to, you know, get that first one out of the way, especially at Bristol, you know, he's been so close. And so I know that one for sure meant a lot to him and just kind of like reflecting, I guess, on, on Robert's insight on, you know, just kind of Ricky going off and like building his own thing. I would imagine that, you know, if you're launching something like that to have kind of the straight line speed and the raw speed, you know, at the beginning of the year, obviously, you know, it was pretty telling. And so I guess, you know, just as you move forward with a new venture like that, just kind of massaging that um, later on, like in the night. And so, and just kind of like building confidence and more so race management too. So, you know, we'll see if, if he can bottle this up and, and, you know, take it to maybe some of the, the other half miles, some of the other bigger races coming up here. It was definitely good to, you know, uh, see Ricky put it up, put it all together. Um, especially, you know, going into the big month of May here. And so, and then obviously Jonathan Davenport too, you know, just kind of, um, I know I had talked to him last week at all tech and, you know, the first time around at Bristol, I think he finished 17th and eighth or something like that. I need to go back and check, but, um, but uh, he said he found some found some bugs in the race car and things like that too from from his uh, 
previous time there at Bristol. And then obviously, you know, Kyle Larson, uh, you know, coming up through the field on Friday after he got sent back to the rear. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, quite, quite the night, uh, as Kevin saw up in person, you know. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, those were kind of some of my takeaways. You know, Chris Madden, uh, in my opinion, I ranked him as a top-ranked driver heading out of this week. I know uh, I think Jonathan Davenport had seven first-place votes in our poll. I think Chris Madden had three. I was one of those. I, I still think Chris Chris Madden um, is the is the one A, and I would say Jonathan Davenport's the one B. That's just my opinion. But I mean, if you look at Jonathan's you know year so far, I mean statistically, you know he's probably put forth probably the the more robust you know ledger up to now ninth eighth eighth third third fourth third fourth fourth eighth seventeenth bristol fifth second eighth fifth and then obviously the three wins and then the you know two seconds this past week at eldora in bristol so um yeah so you know the race up up top uh in the rankings has uh certainly closed you know the gaps closed uh significantly after this week. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting when we do our end-of-the-year awards, driver of the year. I feel like it's just going to be a four- or five-man battle for the top spot. A lot of racing out there, guys going into different spots. So it'll be very interesting to see, like you said there, Kyle. But Kovac, the drama of the weekend was Kyle Larson incident. I mean, he broke the internet. People (laughs) nonstop on Twitter for two hours after it were just saying, how badass of a wheel man he is. He got screwed. Obviously, his interview that Dirt Vision posted and then took down, it got screen recorded. It was just bananas on a Friday night. Basically, he was supposed to start second, missed the call for the 10-minute orb, had to be forced to the back, rallied all the way to second. The fans are going crazy before blowing up a right rear tire. But you were there on scene. You got him a little bit afterwards after Dirt Vision when he did it right after he got out of the car. So. Just take us through it with the people at home. What did he say? What did you see? Just kind of a crazy night there, Bristol, that people that got people talking, no doubt about it. Yeah, it was a definitely a memorable uh, uh, a night at Bristol. <clears throat> and uh, really, what I, I didn't see it happening like at, at for you know, like the problems of him getting in the line. Uh, and remember, like he was parked, all the sprint cars are parked on the front stretch part of the pits and the and then the, the the late models were all parked in the back stretch. He was the only late model in the midst of all the sprint cars on the front stretch part, because um, so obviously he could be with his uh, you know sprint car too, so he wouldn't have to be running and shuttling back and forth uh, the parts of the pits. Um, and then he had a problem in the heat race with the transmission, so he couldn't start the car himself. And I think they got a little bit of a late start with, uh, um, I mean, he, he did sort of admit this again. He came back the next day in the press conference in the media center uh, after the whole night is over and, and spoke a little bit more about it. And, and he did say that he was up on the uh, track. He didn't, it, it was a while. It wasn't like he was going from one race to another. He didn't just get out of a sprint car and immediately have to go into the late model. Uh, for, for his situation, he'd, he'd been finished with his, he was in the first sprint car heat. So he was done uh with his his heat racing probably a half more than a half an hour like 40 minutes i think it was between the end of that heat 
and when they hit uh, uh you know sounded the 10 minute horn to line up <clears throat> so he was but he was doing stuff you know obviously he's working um you know putting tear offs on his helmet for both divisions and he was up on the trailer to watch the dash that was the last the sprint car dash the last race before the 10 minute horn was was blown and it's where he was positioned there nobody did from the outlaws did blow the horn right in front of his pit so he probably didn't hear that at first when he he did hear the horn he thought it was the beginning of the horn you know 10 minutes but it was actually only it was the the later horn where like the last warning you only got a few minutes left so they had to scramble a little bit and they can't push they have to push this car off and so there was miscommunication there probably what you have to say um maybe they should have been officials and the team should have been working together better to really know when to get that car ready. And then because they had to push it off, next thing you know, from a, the official ruling was he was not in line at that cone off a inside of turn two where the late models were in time. So go to the rear. And apparently that little fire under him because uh, man, if he would have run like he did coming from the rear, starting second, uh, that race would have been a blowout, I think, you know, because there would have been no contest and nobody would have been with him. Uh, but here he is. He starts last, comes all the way through, and man, the crowd. That's the way that crowd was getting into that at the end. I mean, it was much bigger crowd than it was than at those XR races. Just, just visually. I mean, I could see people lower down in the stands, and uh, I don't know how many it was. I mean, it's hard to tell there, but the noise that they made, you could hear it above the cars with my earplugs in too uh, from the infield. It told me told me there was a good amount of people there and they were into it. And when you have a race at Bristol, you have that unbelievable place. Uh, you have that unbelievable facility. And, and, and that, that's that's what I, that's the kind of feeling I want to have at a, at, a, at a race there. I mean, I want something to happen that's going to get everybody really pumped up and into it. He blows that tire, hits the wall and doesn't win, finishes eighth instead. But uh, when he got into the pits and he started doing that uh, interview with uh, Dirt Vision on the P.A., uh whew, that got i mean i i think they got him right when he gets out of the car so he's a competitive guy he is super competitive he's a guy that doesn't like to lose and that's what i like about him because not i don't think there's as many nascar drivers that that have that mentality because they're not used to winning in the race the racing they ran before and here this is a guy who's used to winning he was mad that he lost and then he hears the crowd when he starts saying something they say here's the crowd get into it more and I think that fired him up a little bit more. You know, he threw a little a little mention in there about this is why Mark Richards' uh, rocket team left the tour. And uh, But you go through all that. I mean, when I, I talked to him of like a minute after that, right after he finished that interview, and he didn't make any of that like Mark Richards comment or uh, I mean, he, he, he seemed like he had calmed down, you know, a little bit and, and you know, and, and said, hey, you know, maybe there was some miscommunication here. But he, he was obviously still angry the next day, though. He came back and said that, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, like there were some people I, I saw. He did an interview with a NASCAR reporter at Dover on Saturday afternoon before qualifying that was posted on Twitter. And uh, in the, he was asked, like, well, do you think you should have gotten special treatment because you're running two divisions or anything? He was like, no, no. And, you know, let you slide or something. He goes, no, I don't think that at all. I mean, he's not looking for special treatment. Maybe better communication would have been better. But uh he also noted, like, man, if 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 I would, they would have let me let me like slide being just a tiny bit late, then there would have been twenty guys mad at the World of Outlaws rather than one guy. He said, so that's probably a probably a good thing there. He, I, I was a good good way to look at it. Where I mean, 
a call had to be made and probably better just to have one mad than 20. So, but it was really made for the exciting, uh, exciting moment there at, uh, at Bristol. Yeah. That's why I love racing just because of the quotes and the reactions right after it. Kovac, glad you're on the scene there working your butt off. It just, uh, really appreciate my job when stuff like that happens and you go on social media and everybody's saying their, their piece of the story. Kevin Rumley had an interview there too. He was fired up. So it was all good fun and all, all uh, theatrics there, no doubt about it. Robert, Bristol's in the rearview mirror. What's the future of this place? Because it seems like we're just going to be racing there two months out of the year the way it's been going. Is it going to get oversaturated? But then this past weekend they had some good, decent racing and some uh, drama. So maybe Bristol is here to stay for the for the time being and here in the near future. You unfortunately could be correct. I'm just not a big fan of uh, – Bristol with dirt, and I said that in our uh, our fast talk this week. I, I just don't like it, you know, and people can, I don't know, say what they want about Bristol, say what they want about my opinion, but but that is that is my opinion. I don't I don't like it. Um and the thing is I do love the facility. I love Bristol. Uh I love walking through the tunnel. I love the I love the East Tennessee. I mean, I love everything about it. I just don't like having to put dirt on it and go there. And, and a lot of this stems probably from, um, I just, I feel like kind of that Bristol is it's definitely, and, and you can look at this past weekend with only 20 cars there. Bristol is, or 22 is what they wound up having. A track like that is for the absolute elite of the sport period and that's that's fine there are more than 22 elite teams out there and you know there's at least i'd say probably i'd say there's probably 30 to 40 teams who i'd probably put in a certain category um who are capable of of going to a fairberry or a, a duck river or east bay or you know, a place like that and, and winning, but there, there are only a few, you know, that are capable of going, uh, to Bristol and winning. Uh, it's just, it's just the way it is, you know, and the track is, uh, very hard on equipment. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the best at Bristol wasn't even there, Dale McDowell. You know, he didn't go because he was, you know, down to one motor, only had one motor, and is saving his motor, you know, rightfully so, for, uh, you know, for the million. Um, you know, Scott Bloomquist heard a motor, I think. So, I mean, how how much do we keep going to that place and keep hurting equipment? You know, Mike Marler was obviously as fast as anybody there. He didn't go back because he hurt a car and he's down down to the one car. And, and these are good teams. I mean, these are these are the te best teams we've got in the sport. You know, Brandon Shepard, who arguably uh, who, who arguably, you know, wasn't I think very few people would argue that Brandon Shepard races for the best team there is in the sport. OK, they weren't there. Um, and it's not like there was a conflict. They could have made it. Um, you have guys, you just have teams that don't go and there's a reason. 
they don't go because the place is crazy hard on equipment. And I think that the fact that the million is coming up right around the corner and parts are hard to get right now, I think that all played into a little bit of it this season, more so than maybe next year will or the year down on down the road or years past. But right now it's 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 hard to get parts for motors. You know, they're waiting on oil pans. They're waiting on, you know, connecting rods. They're, they're waiting on all these things that are needed to freshen these motors. And so you've got teams, you know, uh, see, who was it that was, somebody was at Longhorn, you know, getting uh, cars fixed. I don't know if it was Devin Moran maybe was, was down uh it was, was i guess yeah it was De- yeah devin you know during uh devin missed eldora the week before so you know and so they so you know they were getting a car fixed from where they had crashed uh, west virginia motor another super speedway you know that's really hard on equipment so it's not it's not that i hate bristol i just the track's just not made for our type of racing. It's just not made for, it's not made for dirt late models. It, it's my, you've seen that meme where it's like the little guy sitting at a table and the desk and he's got a sign and everybody changes the meme where it's like something, blah, 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 change my, you know, change my mind. You know, that's, that's the way I feel about Bristol. You know, I mean, Bristol's not made for dirt late models. Change my mind. I mean, that's just, Every single race at Bristol, think about this. Every, I don't know if I'm, I might be 99% right here. Every single dirt late model race at Bristol has drawn fewer cars than the race before, right? Yep. I think if you go back and look at it from the very beginning. So, how, what are we, what's going to happen when we're down to 15? And if you think, you know, we're not far from that, you know, you know, what do you think, Kevin? Well, I've said this before about, uh, Bristol, you can't run six late model races there in a year. This is a track that you run two races. You run two special events. That's it. I mean, you, you restrict it. I mean, like you said, Robert, every race it's gone down. I mean, every one of the four XR races, the the car count went down from like the high thirties and ended up into the, you know, like a twenties, mid twenties or the high twenties in the last race. And then with, uh, with, uh, the outlaw races, they were at 22 or so, um, you know, give or take one because, you know, Don hammer went out when he pulled his car off the trailer and went and did not even completed a lap in qualifying and crashed. So, um, that was a an extra car to get 22. But, uh, when you, 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 it's, it's, it's pretty clear that, Guys, you, you could handle two races there. I mean, I think that two races would be that's you put everything into two races and, and it's kind of hard. You know, like XR wants to run races too, outlaws want to run races there. Uh, but to to maximize what you're gonna get at Bristol and to maximize what how big it could be, like just for the sport. I'm again, yeah, you're not I'm not expecting to see 50 cars there. I don't want 50 cars there. Uh, 30 cars would be fine. I was fine with 22 cars, but they were pretty good cars. Uh, that show was wonderful on Friday, on Friday and Saturday night. There were 22 late models and 21 sprint cars. Those races were over by 930 each night. It was a nice compact show. There was no other, you know, no other support divisions in, in, in the mix. It was, 
it was just focuses on two top notch divisions. And it would have been better if there was like 30 cars in each. I mean, maybe throw a couple B, a B main of each division in there too, just to um, make sure that, that, you know, you get a little bit better. And, and there, and there would be, if there was only two, two races, if that was the only two races at Bristol, you would have had more because when a guy like you, like Mike Marler crashes twice that first weekend, he's not coming back. You know, he doesn't want to risk another car crashing. Tim McCready was there the first weekend of XR, didn't even come back for the second because he crashed. He didn't want to lose another car. The possibility you got you got to minimize the uh, the amount of uh, the 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 number of laps out there to to you know reduce the risk, I guess, to the motors and and the cars. I mean, there was only thirty lap features this week for. Uh, uh, for the outlaws, uh, late models, which, you know, I mean, that's, that's a lot less, that's a, a full race, almost less wear and tear than if you would have went 50 laps, uh, for each race. So I, I think that helped and really cars did come through. There was no, there wasn't a crash the whole weekend. And I, and I heard drivers and, and Madden was, well, Chris Madden was one that says, uh, uh, I think he, he mentioned, he goes, you can't, you have to make sure you stay in your lane, you know? You can't, this is not a place where like, if you make a mistake that you can try to correct it really, you have to, you can't have that in your mind. That's going to cause a wreck. If you, if you try to jump back in there, this is a different mindset of racing and, and, and it does have to be the, the top teams. It's not going to be, uh, there's not going to be a big upset there, I guess, like for a real low buck team coming in there and winning or, or competing. But, but I think just for the stature of the sport, it's really cool. I mean, I, I think it really uh, you just accept it for what it is and you go, get through two days and, uh, it, there's not going to be many races all year long in dirt late model racing that had the excitement level of that Friday night with Kyle Larson coming from the back and the crowd reaction. And just because of the, you know, the, the, the facility that you're in and that happening, uh, that that's, that was kind of cool. I'll remember that all year. And everybody that was there is going to remember that all year. Everybody that was there for the sprint car race on Saturday night that saw Kyle Larson pull a slider after a restart with two to go and then trade sliders with, uh, with, uh, I mean, who is, I'm not even sure who a lot of my sprint car people, Spencer Basin, right. You know, and he squeezed in there because the, Larson left just enough room for him to take the lead. That was breathtaking with the speeds. And I still do like seeing that. I mean, I, I kind of grew up on some bigger racetracks in the Northeast and, and, and speedier tracks and i mean might not be the the uh, banging and and you know the bull rings and stuff but race cars i do like to still see them go fast and and there's something to be said maybe for for one time a year one weekend a year going to bristol and seeing these guys just let it all hang out and kind of be daredevils and and, and be on the edge and and i, I liked it. i personally liked it but i wouldn't like it if i went there six times <laughs> and if i had a race car that was going to be put through that kind of abuse for six races two races yeah, you can survive it, I think. Um, and, and I think everybody did. Bloomquist hurt a motor, but he admitted that he tried to get a little bit too much out of it. He leaned it out for Saturday's race and uh, and, and had a burnt piston and just shut it off before, like, he's going to get more damage. But I, I, I think uh, Bristol, with that Ty, Kyle Larson situation, too, there's, there's not going to be many races that got as much attention on social media or anything all year. So I think that could that's a, that's a good thing for uh, – for for dirt late model racing but again it's, it should be done in small doses and and not as much shouldn't be going there for a, like a month of racing like we are almost with super late models yeah it's almost become a speed month there with the dirt track before and after the nascar race 
like you said, it's going to be tough because if both series look at the end of the day, they're both making money. They're going to going to come back. Bristol's going to be like, well, we're making money. We're going to have them both back. But if I'm a fan, I'm going in April because you're done by 930. You have two premier divisions, the Outlaws, Sprint, and Late Models. You're done by 930. You can go out and have some beer, go to the pits and see your favorite drivers. Warmer weather in April than it is in March. So I would be going to the second one if I had the choice. Obviously, there's probably some fans that went to both. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, we can uh, get that dialed in to like one weekend because I do agree with you, Kovac. I think it's very important in our sport and in dirt track racing to have an event at that big track. Kyle, you kind of agreeing with all three of us? I do. I think the one caveat to this, I mean, you know, both Ricky Weiss and Jonathan Davenport both lobbied uh, for the dirt to return back at Bristol, which it is next year. You know, NASCAR had already come out and said it, you know, that the dirt um, on Bristol will be back for their spring race. So I guess when you have, you know, guys like Jonathan Davenport and Ricky Weiss, you know, in their post-race interviews. Now, granted, you know, that's the winner um, and the guy who won on on Friday and ran well on Saturday, you know, both lobbying for the dirt to come back. you know, I guess maybe the only way that it wouldn't, I guess, in my opinion, um, I agree um, that it should be one weekend, one event, uh, the sprint cars and late models. I wasn't there, but I watched on the stream and um, I thought, you know, from a fan's view, I mean, there's not too, there's not too many times, I guess, outside the world finals, um, you know, that you get to see that outlaw sprints and outlaw late models and so i think that's the most feasible way moving forward i guess in terms of robert's point you know not even going there at all um i guess you would have to look at it maybe from a a team and drivers perspective you know if there was an overwhelming amount of drivers who were against it or teams or you know this or that to where you know if sanctioning body um, there was like tension or friction there, you know, but, you know, back to my first point, you know, Ricky Weiss and John's dad both seem, you know, like they wanted it to return. So, but no, I agree. I think six races there, dirt late model races there, it's way too much, uh, especially in April and March, you know, the weather, it's not great. And, you know, there's some bigger races coming up that guys are trying to save their best stuff for equipment tracks already super hard on motors and parts and things like that. So I agree for sure with, uh, with what both you guys are saying. Yeah, I'll be uh, – some guys like it. Chris Madden loves Bristol, obviously, won a lot of money. JD and Ricky Weiss love it as well. Some guys like Mike Mother, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll just sit this one out. Um, Robert, kind of – oh, Kovac, what do you got? Raising your hand. I just like to talk about some guys do like it, some guys didn't like it. I thought it was kind of a funny comment there uh, after Friday's uh, – heat racing and uh when ryan gustin finished third in the heat and that's who they interviewed the third place finishers he got on the uh the he got his interview just says nobody wants to be here the racing sucks and that was it you know i mean he just like that was his comment everybody's like whoa whoa look at, look at gustin I recorded so, that I, yeah that was when the funny robert and and then yeah, i went up there afterwards stuff. yeah after the race i mean after the feature you know, I went up to him and I like, I like busted his balls a little bit. I said, Gustin, man, look at that, man. I was, 
that was some good racing there, wasn't it? I mean, look at that guy came from last to almost win. There was a few lead changes. I mean, it was some. It was a good. I wasn't. I wouldn't call that sucking, you know. And he's like, "Well, you're telling me that it's like this is as good as Fairbury. That's it. We're gonna." He told his crew guy, "Put it on there." Kovac says that Bristol's as good as Fairbury, and I'm like, "No, no, let's not get crazy here." I'm like, "I know there's gonna be short tracks. They're gonna be a little closer racing and more actions a lot of times, but." There is something again to be said of uh, you know like uh, the the speed and just I mean I I just like the daredevil aspect of it of this uh, the bravery re- required to to go that fast and make some moves and breathtaking kind of moves uh, which uh, you know I mean you only need a few of them to really it is more it's an exhibition of speed more than just side by side racing but but actually I thought there was a lot more side by side racing. Then, uh, I mean, that was better racing than I've seen at a, a lot of dirt tracks. There's a lot of dirt tracks I go to that were terrible, just not racing at all. You know, I mean, and, and everybody would probably would agree that these nothing happens at some of these, you know, rubbered up race tracks that you go to. And, and that was not bad. The track was was smooth all all three, uh, both days and like, through all through all the dirt racing that they've had for the last month. It, the track was in really pretty good shape and uh, and, it, and it was raceable. I mean, there was there was wasn't just single file one lane i mean guys did move around a little bit and uh, so i liked it but you know so i i just had to point out there i did i did bust uh gustin's balls a little bit about uh about uh making his comment um about it because it wasn't it did it didn't live it didn't match the terrible suckiness i guess that he was uh saying although he said i i started same spot i finished you know and but well, again, I, I said you know that, that'll happen. But you know, it was it, it was pretty decent. I thought. Yeah, Kovac. Maybe Bristol finally got their groove, and we'll see better, better side by side action moving forward. It seemed like the racing was a little bit better this past weekend with the World of Outlaws. But we're done with Bristol talk. Of course, last weekend Illinois washed out again with the Lucas Oil Series at. Tri City and Macon. It seems like every big race has uh, been rained out or something crazy in my home state. So let's see if we can finally get a race coming up. But Robert, anything that's uh, catching your eye coming up this weekend? We got another full plate of racing. Both series are racing. Ponderosa and Florence for the Lucas Oil Series, and of course in Wisconsin for the World of Outlaws, capped off with a fifty thousand dollar to win race. Anything? Maybe those races or anything else that catches your eye coming up. Yeah, well, I'm actually hoping that that the the weather holds out and the Lucas Oil for sure gets gets their races in because I'm headed to Kentucky. Um, as I said, you know, in the uh, the fast talk uh, this week, I have never been to Ponderosa, so I've I've always heard good things about that place, and I'm always eager to uh, check off a new racetrack and add it to my my list. So that's always to me. That's one of the fun things about uh, our job is getting to go to new facilities and check out new things, uh, even if it's cruising down a new highway or a, a old two lane road that we've never been on before. You know, stuff like that. You know, really kind of uh, uh, gets me cranked up. So I'm looking forward to Ponderosa because I've never been there, and you know, and I ha- haven't been to Florence since 1992. And that is Whoa. a long, yeah, I know, 30 years since my last trip Ooh. to Florence, okay? I, the, my last trip to Florence, I saw Jack Boggs uh, win the Ralph Latham Memorial. My brother was, I guess, about 11 years old. Uh, the two of us had done some, we went to uh, some some 
it was like the third or fourth race of the weekend that we had been to. Uh, cause I think the next day we went over into Indiana or somewhere and watched a race. But I remember getting up there and they would not let us into the pits because he was not, uh, old enough. And they said, they said, do you have a, uh, birth certificate? And I'm like, well, I don't usually carry his birth certificate. So we had to sit and watch the Ralph Latham from the, the grandstands. And I did get to go, though, because, you know, I had my camera and stuff. So I did get to go and take a picture of Boggs uh, in Victory Lane where they had it over there to the side and stuff. So that was really cool. I still have that uh, photo. I have a, actually a, a big glossy 8 by 10 of it with Boggs and the trophy. And, and it was like um, uh, who all was there. It was uh, – Mo- uh, Moyer and Bloomquist. Some great cars are there. So anyway, I haven't been there in 30 years, guys. So I'm looking forward to getting back to Florence and seeing what's changed and seeing what's new and seeing the great racing that I've been seeing on on all these uh, uh, live streams and stuff from Florence. Because man, there have been some great races over at Florence the last 10 years or so. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to see that. So hopefully the weather holds out for me. Florence, y'all bound. For my boy, Robert, you'll have a fun time there. Great racing, great action. Josh King and company. He did tweet me a photo last weekend. He has the Bush Lights aluminum bottles stored and asked if I was coming this weekend. I told him, save me some for the north-south. So, Robert, great place. Late model to the bone. You'll have a good time. Uh, Kyle, what's uh, catching your eye coming up here? Of course, a big full plate of racing, as always. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I was just looking at this. We got five... uh, 10,000 to win or more shows this weekend. Um, so at Atomic, East Alabama, Batesville, and then obviously Florence and then Mississippi Thunder. So uh, this is, you know, kind of looking at, uh, you know, what's on the line money-wise, you know, spread it across the region and, uh, you know, across the country here. You know, this is, uh, I guess, the first maybe full plate of racing, I guess you could call it call it that maybe um of the year you know so um yeah i mean that's that's what kind of caught my eye or what catches my eye i was at bedford though this past weekend just kind of want to add this and you know greg satterley you know won that twelve thousand to win billy Wynn show up at the fairgrounds big half mile at bedford so i know he's back in action at port royal um this weekend and then uh, you know colton flinter to one is fourth at the at the speed palace so um you know just being so close to the northeast or being in the northeast you know i'll be watching that one too you know colton flinter and you know greg satterley slugging it out again um up at the speed palace so yeah no i mean there it's a loaded slate and uh you know for sure yeah and kovac what's catching your eyes at the race up in wisconsin at Mississippi Thunder. I mean, not too many tracks, especially have just started off uh, dabbing themselves a little bit with having a national series. Obviously, the Outlaws went there last year, but to have a 10, 10, and moving it up to a 50 on Saturday, they're ready to go in the cheese state. Yeah, this is a big weekend for uh, for Mississippi Thunder. Uh, I'm going up there. I'm like, I'm kind of excited to, to check that place out because uh, just watching video of last year's Outlaw races there, there was some good, some good action. I mean, it looked like a good racy uh, uh, track. So Mike's facility, uh, Bob Tim, uh, done a good job up there. I mean, they've had some big races uh, for modifieds, especially. I mean, Ryan Gustin, he won forty grand there 
a few years ago. Um, uh, just beat me. This is the year that Scott Bloomquist couldn't run the the World 100. Uh, it was that same weekend because of his uh, you know, his uh, his penalty that he'd had from uh, earlier in the year, and Gustin just barely just barely nipped him at the line. And I was talking to Gustin about that Mississippi Thunder. Uh, while I was at Bristol, and and he said, man, he's looking forward to it. Obviously, he says that's great. That's a great racetrack. Should be a great weekend, and this should be a weekend. It looks, I mean, there's a chance of rain some days, but it's not. Doesn't look like a totally wet, uh, you know, total a washout or anything. So I think that we'll be able to get uh, the racing in, and and it should be a weekend where some of the Midwest guys, uh, you know, the Shannon Babs, the Brian Shirley's, uh, you know, Feggers and all them. Hopefully, they all can come on, kind of come up uh, and run a uh, Mississippi Thunder. And, uh, yeah, the track is in Wisconsin. I know there's a lot of people that are like <laughs> it's funny that that's called Mississippi Thunder. There is. I mean, I talked to several people this weekend. Uh, some of the outlaw travelers that like were like, "Man, I, I I really thought that track was in Mississippi when I first saw it. That we were going there, you know, last year and stuff." And you know, it, no, it's just Mississippi Thunder because they're towards the end of the towards the end of the Mississippi River. There, it's close to that, so. Uh, it should be a. I'm, I'm looking forward to that weekend, and and here's hoping also the Lucas Oil Series can get something in, because man, I I just kind of glanced over at the at at the uh, weather forecast for those two, and I think Rick Schwally's probably pulling his hair out right now because it doesn't look really, good, especially Friday night, doesn't look like a very. I mean, it looks pretty wet, and Saturday hopefully it, it might be able to get out of there earlier enough. Uh, that they'll be at a race on Saturday night, but Friday's not looking super great at this juncture. And let's hopefully, uh, let's hope that that, you know, we're, we're, we're far enough out that that changes. It always could, but man, it just Lucas Oil just seems like they have a, have a, have a black cloud of rain hanging over their head lately. And I mean, they've only run what three races, I think, since, uh, since Speed Week. So they got to get back, uh, back rolling here. Yeah. The Lucas Oil rain tour, it seems like it's been like, here this spring, like I said, good two famous tracks are racing at this weekend. Allah is going to have a fun time up in Wisconsin there. I know JD, he's making the haul all the way up to Wisconsin, at least on his schedule. Last I looked, late last week. So he's going to try to win some more money and continue his hot streak and prove Kovac wrong again. So we'll see if he can do that. As, we, as always, as he's shaking his head, one more thing. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go shout out to my boy Drake Troutman with a $5,000 payday at Tyler County, a famous dirt late model track, passed Kyle Thomas on lap 41 and held off a late charging, you know, Jacob Hawkins. Biggest career win for the young driver from Pennsylvania. I think uh, he's kind of coming into his own a little bit, getting better and better in the late model division. Of course, his dad passed away last year with COVID. So it's always good to see the young driver uh, bounce back and through adversity and get a win. Drake Chapman is my one more thing. Congrats, bud. Hopefully you can get some more wins here in the near future. But also got to give a shout out. The topless race cars look pretty damn sweet. I wish we could do it more than once or twice a year. So I think that was pretty cool. And the feature only lasted 17 minutes. Quick features. We like that. Only one yellow. They kept that race going. And if you have a race like that, lap traffic, usually the racing ends up pretty good because it's a – Good racetrack there in Tyler County. So there's my one more thing. Robert, how about you, buddy? Kind of looking ahead, one of the races that uh that Kyle mentioned, Batesville, the bad boy ninety-eight out there. Let's hope that they that that race has really kind of been weather plagued on and off for a long time. Let's hope that they get that race in because that is one of the biggest comp cams 
races of the season. The finale, I think, pays like $12,000. That's a big – that race used to be like co-sanctioned with Lucas Oil or something like that, and now it's not. And so it really, with it not being co-sanctioned, it gives those comp cam guys a really opportunity for a huge payday. Uh, so so less uh, – definitely we should pay attention to uh, Batesville – and see what happens out there. Hopefully, they'll be able to get the race in, and somebody's going to leave there on Saturday with twelve thousand dollars. Is it going to be, you know, Billy Moyer Jr.? Is he going to stay home and and you know he picks up a win, you know, there in Arkansas on the Comp Camp Series last weekend? So is it going to be him to stay home and pick up a twelve, or is it going to be one of the the Comp Cam's regulars? Who knows? But uh, I look for a, a good turnout because that area, even though that Arkansas area doesn't necessarily have just a ton of, of dirt late model racers, the Comp Cam Series itself seems to have a really good following right now. So uh, l- let's look, uh, uh, make sure we pay attention to Batesville this weekend and give them some love because I think that should be a pretty good show. Yeah, that is always a great show in May. Hopefully the weather holds off, like you said, a you know, local guy or regional guy, I should say, could win that big, big time payday. I like that, Robert. Good. Uh, one more thing. That was a good one there, Batesville. Uh, Kyle, what do you got? Billy Nippenberg, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he's set to succeed Tom Smith as the promoter of Kankakee, Kankakee County Speedway in Illinois. Um, I was talking with Billy, or just like messaging him on Facebook last week, and you know, he uh has an impressive track track record. Um, you know, accomplished racer, and you know he's raced a long time. He's won seven track championships and won last year's Kankakee Crate Late Model title. Uh, so, uh, you know, seems like a passionate guy, and uh, you know he's gonna uh take over the uh speedway. So, at Kankakee, so that's uh that's my one more thing. Yeah, huge news in the lane of Lincoln there. Tom Smith has been running that thing for about ten plus years. About it seems like so new uh. New ownership or new promoters are going to be running that. We'll have a summer nationals race and a few Mars races. As well. so hopefully, we can keep that up. Famous Northern Illinois uh, Oval, keep going, and you know maybe revitalize it a little bit. Kovac, you're finished. Just finishing off. What you got, buddy? Uh, I just want to send out a you know thank you, a little shout out to the uh, to the media uh, crew at uh, Bristol Motor Speedway. You know their their media center. Uh, is something that uh, well, it's something that us dirt track racers, uh, you know, usually r- reporters, we don't usually have that kind of hospitality at racetracks, you know, with like that kind of access to a great uh, press room. You know, they bring their drivers in for press conferences after the races, and uh, and they have uh, you know, they bring food in each night. You know, they had Jersey Mike's one night, some burgers and hot dogs from a local place the, uh, the night before, and and they have a table full of snacks. A, 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 cooler full of of uh, uh of drinks and the full, you know and uh, also a uh, uh, special though you know, the freezer with ice cream you know like that they always have they i actually i didn't even i didn't have any of that this time but i mean that usually is there uh and they just do a really good job and you know hospitality with that with the the media team there at, at bristol and it, it's what is the first track that i ever left uh when i was leaving you know there there was all that all kinds of snacks and stuff on the thing and 
and the lady that that runs the that was running the room she says take you know fill, fill up your bag take it up. we don't have another race until a drag race in june we have all this candy and snacks and take it for the ride home you know and and then they also up on the counter they had these giant uh lint chocolate uh bunnies from easter apparently i mean oh, i got boy. one uh, you know i mean it's a, i've already eaten half of it but uh, it was a big button. I'm like, oh, look at it. She's like, oh, take them, take them. We, we need to get rid of them. And I'm like, that'll keep me awake on the drive home because that's a pretty good chocolate. So I can't say I've ever gotten a, a lint chocolate bunny uh, at a racetrack uh, to, you know, head out on and, uh, you know, snack on on the way home. But Bristol Motor Speedway produced it. So I, I give them I give them thumbs up for that. Promise me, no matter how much you eat at Bristol, you ain't going to gain weight. You got to keep that uh, figure of yours because in some <laughs> – Media members and all sports, there's kind of bigger people because, you know, all the foods you can eat at the racetrack or at a football stadium. So you uh, you stay in shape, you get your walks in and sweat on or what? Oh, yeah, we're good. We're, we're all right with that. You know, walk around that pits a lot. I'm not running around the pits on no, uh, on no motorbike or anything. I want to make sure I get my, my steps in at the track, right? There you go. Kovacs doctor is very pleased with Kevin for getting his steps in each and every day at Bristol. So good to hear that. Well, guys, uh, another great show. People at home listening, check out all their stories from this past weekend. They had great stuff as always. This weekend, full of racing. Obviously, Robert will be at the Lucas Oil races. Kovac will be at the World Owl races. Kyle will be all points in between. So I cannot wait. Looking forward to that. So make sure you check out all their stuff. We have a swab talk this week with Jonathan Davenport, who's hot as a pistol. And we have a lot, bunch of live shows at Flow Racing. So make sure to check that out. And we will see you next week on the Dirt Reporters.